What's up, you guys, man? It's your boy Tony West, and I'm here with Jarrell Wheeler, and we are back for another episode of All Things College Football, man. Jarrell, man, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. Kind of disappointed, you know, about this weekend, but you know, it's all good. Yeah, how was your weekend? Uh, I mean, I work, but then you know, them them Seminoles, man. They <laughs> yeah. I know they let you down a little bit, and we'll get into that later on, but we wanted to go ahead and jump right into it today, man, and we want to talk about the first, I think the, the biggest game of the weekend, college game day was there, and it was my Clemson Tigers against the Texas A&M Aggies, where the Tigers uh, escaped out of College Station, literally, 28-26, um, to 26. and um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this game, because I really want to talk more so about Texas A&M and how tremendous they were. Um, as a team. And I just want to go first and foremost, um, not even as a Clemson fan, but just being straight up, Texas A&M, you guys earned my respect on Saturday night. I mean, that team, they came out with all the fight. And I'm telling you now, Jimbo Fisher is cooking with grease with that team. And I'm telling you, Kellen Mond is mm-hmm. a name you're going to – and I think you brought him up in the last podcast last week. And um, yeah. that is a name that you're going to want to remember. Because Kellen Mond is a complete beast, um, you know, and I want to get into him real quick as well. Twenty-three of forty passing, four hundred and thirty yards. Um, the last time Clemson got four hundred yards put up on them passing wise was that Jameis Winston game back in twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. where Jameis, I think they beat Clemson about fifty-one to, to three or something like that, something crazy like that a few years back when uh, the Florida State Seminoles won the national title. Right. Um, but Kelly Mom was just on fire completely. Like I said, uh, 430 yards. I mean, three touchdowns, no interceptions. No interceptions. He had an 83.6 uh, QBR rating. I mean, this guy was on fire. Um, mm-hmm. He continued to hook up with uh, Kendrick Rogers. I mean, him and Kendrick Rogers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got something really special. Kendrick Rogers had seven receptions for 120 yards, two touchdowns. And I think the one that everybody remembers is the one kind of at the goal line right there to tie up the game. Right. Was really crazy. Very um, as well As well, he, uh, he linked up with Cameron Buckley a lot, too. Uh, four yard, uh, four receptions and 93 yards. But I just want to talk about Texas A&M now. And just – the tenacity in the defense and just everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with what Texas A&M did. I mean, they set the tone. And they came out kind of flat at first after that missed field goal. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like Clemson at one point was just going to run away with the game. When Clemson jumped up, I think Clemson jumped up on them at one point, like 14 to 3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was just going to be Clemson game. They just run away with it. And uh, Texas A&M never let go. They never fought. They never, like, you know, scared away. I think Texas A&M, and we'll talk about this a little bit too, they may be the first team that lost a game, and I think they should have got moved up in the rankings. Because this team, to me, as of right now, and I know it's still super early, they are the second-best team in the, in the, in the uh, SEC West. SEC, okay. Yeah. I, in the SEC West, I think it's Bama and then them. I mm. mean, they, they look better to me than even Auburn. Um, I mean, this team is super talented. I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name, but on defense, he was everywhere. Uh, Otoro Alaka. Yes, 10 tackles. He had 10 tackles, two two and a half, four loss. I mean, this guy was everywhere on the field as well as Tyrell Dobson. He was all over the field as well, man. But Texas A&M, I just want to give you guys a quick kudos and just tell you I respect the hell out of your program, and I see what y'all are doing. And and I'm telling you, man, Jimbo is really cooking up with something. But I want to get a little bit of your take uh, on Texas A&M. Okay, yeah, Texas A&M, like I said, man, Kellen Mond, I already knew this guy was going to come out, especially now that they kind of run that pro-style offense a little bit. You know, they, mm-hmm. they got up uh, the old offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, Kellen Mond, he an IMG prodigy, uh, mm-hmm. prodigy, excuse me. <clears throat> and like you said, uh, he completed all the t- passes. And come on, man, for thirty yards, come on, man, against that defense too. That's the crazy. Thing yards. Yes, I'm saying a solid four hundred thirty yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he pretty much he just cooked the secondary. Yeah, he he. I mean, AJ Terrell. I'm. I need somebody to go check on him right now <laughs> because he might be still burning up from getting toasted as much as he did. Kavon right. Wallace as well was another one. I like Kavon Wallace, but he got burnt a lot. I right, mean, the whole right. secondary got burnt a lot. But go ahead, though. Sorry about that. Now you get, um, like I said, three touchdowns, you know, two of them going to Rodgers, and zero picks, man. Like, 
on. Zero picks against that defense Man. too. That's that's the crazy. Thing. And then on top of that, uh, like I said, he threw the clutch TD at the end of the game. You know, to get him back mm-hmm. up. But you know, uh, you know, the two point conversion. You know, the title didn't go as well. But. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Kendrick Rogers, I did like, you know, he had seven receptions, you know. I think he's uh he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right, that's probably his favorite target, to be honest. My favorite target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a nice size yeah, guy. Yeah. He's I mean, he's a bigger and, guy. But also, um, you know, uh Clemson came out though. And well, first of all, let me say, uh, that guy Alaka, I think that's his name. Like I said, Ten Toe mm-hmm. Tacos, that man, that man was everywhere. But he was everywhere, yeah. He was as far as Clemson team. though. Um, I did like the uh, Dabo kept Kelly Bryant in. Cause, I mean, you got to go with uh, yeah, and he's proven, and you know, he led them guys last mm-hmm. year. But you know, um, I think he had like two or five yards pass and one TD. He only attempted seven. I think he threw like twelve out of seventeen, complete twelve out of seventeen passes, mm-hmm. and he had a yeah. rushing TD. And I don't know how he had got that ball to uh, Overton. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that the one yeah, in the touchdown. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was. It looked like I he didn't, from 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 the angle they showed where Kelly Bryant was at. It looked like he didn't even see that guy. But you know that goes with trusting your receivers and the scheme that you're running. But um, mm-hmm. one thing though, because I was so I was so hyped for t- uh, Texas A&M at the end of the game to get it tied up, but they got robbed by that dumb touchback rule. And I and, and we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes too because I I'm a Clemson fan and I'm telling you I felt like they got robbed. Um, the, the football guys was with us. I mean I'm gonna be completely right, right. honest. The football guys was with us on that pad that that and these the two plays that Texas A&M are gonna probably remember for the rest of the season, especially if they run the tables uh, or if they lose like one more game they're like right outside of the playoffs. They're gonna remember that push off T Higgins fifty yard pass that he connected mm-hmm. with uh, from Kelly Bryant. That was definitely a push off. It was clear mm-hmm. as day. And then they're gonna think about that touchback, which should have probably went out at the. Um, one before, yard. We get, before we get before we get into the touchback real quick, something I did want to uh, add as far as Clemson secondary. It just looked like it was a bunch of miscommunications. If you see yeah. some of uh, mm-hmm. Kellen Mond's yep. long passes, it was just guys. Right, open in the middle of the field. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I completely understand. Yeah, I, I completely mm-hmm. agree. I mean, I was pulling my hair out in the third and fourth quarter about the miscommunications. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Clemson. I'm not going to talk too much mm-hmm. about them. Uh, I think Kelly Bryant had a good game. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kelly Bryant fan. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm not the biggest Kelly Bryant fan. But he had a pretty decent game. He went 12 for 17. Mm-hmm. 205 yards, one touchdown. But Trevor Lawrence on that one hick, hook, hiccup with a uh, hookup with uh, T. Higgins, excuse me. T. Higgins is a guy that I am just super excited about. He had three receptions, 123 mm-hmm. yards. I mean, he was balling out there. Amari Rogers had five receptions, 73 yards. Um, and even Hunter Renfro came up big uh, with four receptions at 49 and 59 yards. He had that one big 30 yeah. yard. Or uh, like forty yard catch from Kelly, which was a pretty good throw as well, and uh, like you said, that catch was over ten as well in the end zone. But uh, one thing I did want to say about Clemson before we get into that touchback stuff was Travis Etienne only getting eight carries. Yeah. I mean, Travis Etienne was eating them up in the beginning of the game. I mean, he averaged five point five yards a carry. I mean, he was really digging in on those guys, and I don't know why Clemson kind of like went away from him. Uh, I didn't really understand the the process of that, but I mean, you know, I trust Dabo. I mean, he's gotten us to three straight college football playoffs, so I kind of trusted him on that. But I did want to give a special shout out to Cleveland Farrell. I mean, two sacks. He was in the backfield all mm. night, but Kelly Ma was escaping a lot of those sacks, and that just goes back to show you how talented that I guy is and how versatile he is. Tell me, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying that that Kelly Ma, man, you better. I was watching mm-hmm. this dude in high school. He he is like that. That ain't no fluke game. Yeah, that ain't no fluke game. That's what I'm saying. Like this guy's really like that. But I want to get into the whole fumble thing. And when we were, you know, I talked to Jarrell earlier today, and I asked him what did he want to talk about. And this is one of the things that we talked about is about the fumbling in the back of the end zone touchback situation that happened in the Texas A&M and, game, and how we feel like that should be yeah, changed. Before, or before like, we get into it, just to 
you know, if anybody's not really familiar with it and was kind of confused on what happened, and pretty much the rule is if a player fumbles in the playing field and the ball crosses the goal line, it is going to touch back. And there's mm-hmm. a little bit of – people call it the dumbest rule ever, and which I still feel like that way, but I get why the rule is in place. Because right. if somebody picks up a fumbled ball that was fumbled in the playing field and picked up in the uh, in the in, in the touchdown, it is a touchdown. You know, it's impossible to fumble in the t- in the end zone. You get what I mean? Because as soon as the ball touches your hands, you got possession of it. It is a touchdown. But I just want to see how you feel about it, Tony. Especially when coming to this game. But yeah, I, I want to get into it because I'm not gonna lie. I'm a Clemson fan. Obviously, y'all know that. But I feel like Texas A&M did kind of get robbed. It was so close, though, that it was if if okay, like I'm a, I'm gonna put it like this: if I was a ref out there, I would have per- instead of going with touchdown out of the back of the end zone as your initial pick, I would have personally said went out at the one because I felt like you couldn't overturn that either way because it was just so close. I personally think it went out of bounds, and that's just me. And I personally think that they should have got the ball at the one. Um. That's just my opinion. Like I said, I could be wrong, but I do feel like Texas A&M kind of got shorted on that. They got robbed on that. I'm going to be straight up with you. Um, I think the call was kind of some crap. And, the, you know, it was so close to tell, but I don't want to blame the refs because they were just making a split-moment decision. You know what I'm saying? And I don't – I understand why people are upset because I don't – I ain't going to lie, that was my team I would be right. upset too. Um, because I do feel like Texas A&M fought their butts off and was in that game, and that play kind of like kind of a little bit determined the game a little bit. Even though they got the ball back, if they would have scored right there, stopped Clemson, went down there and did what they did, they would have beat Clemson by a touchdown, and the momentum was completely on their side, so they would have did it. I'm just being straight up. If if I'm even going to say this, if that game goes to overtime, I still think Texas A&M wins it. Right, personally. Because momentum was just flowing on right. their side. And I agree with you. Um, I definitely think Texas and them would have took that game. Because, like, with mm-hmm. this whole rule, if the ball fumbles across the goal line, it's a touchback. And to be honest, mm-hmm. a touchback in that situation is kind of better than a touchdown. Exactly. Because now the ball mm-hmm. is turned over completely while you are just mm-hmm. at, you know, the goal line or in scoring position. Like instead exactly. of AM scoring a touchdown, kicking the ball off back to Clemson, Clemson with the chance to uh right. go back and score. Clemson just gets the mm-hmm. ball back and Texas AM gets no score. So it's kinda right. that's why I kinda hate the rule altogether. But So what do you think would be a solution to the rule? That's the next question. Right, right, right. You know, um, I was looking up some things and to me, man, it's just that I don't think it should be a straight up turnover. You know what I mean? I say play some back at the 25-yard line or 20-yard line or something like that. I say do it like that instead of, like, completely, you I know. Mean, I mean, that's the only issue I have with the rule, that it's a complete turnover. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. like I said, that is almost better than a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like, it's yep. just hard to say. Because, like I said, I get it, and I was reading up on the rule, and pretty much they, you know, the NCAA – wants to reward players for having possession while they cross the goal line. And right. to me, I mean, it's like I get it, but it just it just looks so dumb. And you can't play – I mean, you can't blame Courtney Davis yeah. either for Texas Because no, he was making a football play. I mean, I think we all in a game like that, and we already expected to lose and you're in the game. It's three or four minutes left in the game. I mean – I think we all would have did the same right. thing here. And um, he was making a football play, and it kind of sucks because I like – I mean, don't get me wrong, I was a Clemson fan, so I was obviously cheering for Clemson. But I felt his pain. Like, he, he was on the sideline legit crying, and I couldn't even blame him because, I mean, in the game like that, you got to think about it. That was a big deal for them. I mean, especially with Jimbo coming into the program, he's brought so much energy to that program. Um, It was just, you know, I felt yeah. for him. So, you know, I, I kind of felt for him, and I do feel like that rule should be changed, man. Uh, but one more thing I want to reach on in the Clemson game, and, and like I said, I'm paying my respects to, you know, Texas A&M. I just hope this is not like their Super Bowl. Like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. We were like, I don't I don't want them to let off yeah, the gas definitely. is basically what I'm yeah. saying. 
Like, I don't want them to just give up now because that team is super talented. And I'm telling you now, we got to play them next year in Death Valley. And I'm already concerned because Kelly Mond is, will be back. And he's just super talented. And I don't want to see – I actually like Texas a and I don't want to see them just like I, – I, I feel like I don't want them to, this to be their Super Bowl. Like, oh, we lost. Let's just give up. Let's pack it up for the right, year. Right, Um. So I'm just kind of worried about that with Texas a and But I'm telling you now, if they stay focused, don't just throw in the towel because they lost to Clemson. I mean, they have Texas a and like two or three – I mean, they have Alabama in like two or three weeks. Yeah. You can go pull off the upset again, like just in a few weeks. So, I mean, obviously they want to get Clemson – and you know I understand it. I mean they 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 were ready and they came out ready and they were ready to play. Jimbo had his guys it's ready, just, man. Ain't them just got a tough schedule, man. They do, like, yeah, yeah. Bama. That West is just rough, yeah. and, uh, and I think that's why they wanted the Clemson game so right. bad because, like, they know they got to play Auburn. They know they got to play Alabama. They know like they got they got to play a tough schedule, man. They have a rough schedule, right, man. right. Yeah, they really have another. But I want to transition, um, if you don't mind, into another South Carolina team yeah, yeah. that yeah. I want to get into. And that didn't end out too good for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And they were routed by the Georgia Bulldogs 41-17. to 17. Um, Jake Fromm went 15 for 18, uh, 194 yards, uh, 77.2 completion uh, uh, QBR. He did have one interception, but he also had one touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Bentley struggled bad, and I don't know what it is with him in the big games. He went 30 for 47, 269 right. yards, but one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, you know, Holyfield, Elijah Holyfield had a great mm-hmm. game, um, 76 yards. DeAndre Swift had a great game. DeAndre Baker set the tone early with the yeah. six within the first, yeah. you know, 20 seconds of the game, basically. Um, Debo Samuels was completely put on clamps after talking crazy mm-hmm. about uh DeAndre Baker. He only had six receptions, That's 33 yards. And I'm gonna be honest, I kind of had a feeling this was coming. Yeah. I think all year Georgia's been hearing, y'all better watch out for South Carolina. Right. South Carolina might do it to y'all. Oh, watch out for South Carolina. And I think they were already ready. To, to put the whoop on them. And, I, and, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Clemson fan. I think this is the most talented team South Carolina has had in about three or four years. This is the most talented oh, team yeah. they had in a oh, long yeah. they time. Been, they ain't been since, the same you know, since the, well. Clowney right. and all them. Right. So this is the most talented team. So I can understand people saying, oh, the upset. I I, I get it. But um, this Georgia team, I, I mean, they're up there with Clemson, Bama. I mean, I, I think these four teams are on its own hemisphere. Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Ohio mm-hmm. State. They're on their own plateau. Like, nobody's even near them at this point, I feel like. Those four teams right there just separate this as a program. Um, and I just feel like Georgia just made theirself even more a part of that bunch with blowing out the Gamecocks in Columbia, 41-17. to mm-hmm. um, But, you know, like I said, I want you to get your take on it. They, You know, they came out pretty strong, and I thought – you know, when it was, I think at one point it was like 7 yeah, 14. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, Georgia, all right, now put your foot on the gas and take off. And that's exactly what they did in the third quarter by scoring 21 points. Um, so I just want to get your take on how you felt about this game as well. When I saw this game, you know what I thought? Mm-hmm. And the damn thing changed with Georgia. 14, mm-hmm. at, nothing. South, nothing. South Carolina. Nothing. And, and everybody talked about how they lost all their running backs and the defense. I mean, they look yeah. just as good as last yeah. year. I mean, yeah, literally. Yeah. And, and, you know, coming into the season, I was thinking about that, too. You know, everybody lost on defense. Would the defense be the same? And with uh, Michelle and Chubb leaving. But, I mean, they still had split from last year, though. So, I had some faith with mm-hmm. And I'm liking uh, Elijah Holyfield. You know, he's a guy that, you know, waited his turn. I'm really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I really wish my man, you know, I just want to throw this out there. My man, uh, Zamir White, out of Scotland County, North Carolina zone, nine down. I wish he didn't get injured because I felt like he would have been injured. Yeah, I, I hate that. They said he was having a pretty good camp, yeah. too. That's the most frustrating thing about that, that he was having a Right, good right. Camp. But um, back to the game, though. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, after the, I, it started off kind of tight. But after a while, mm-hmm. I mean, Georgia just – 
took off. In the third quarter, they just put – after halftime, they put him to bed. I mean, me Cole Harvey. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that play where he jumped over right. that guy. He had six receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, uh, Riley, uh, Riley Ridley, which is the brother of Calvin Ridley, he had some clutch catches. He only had four catches mm-hmm. for 37 yards, but he had catches when it really mattered. Um, and I want to give a shout-out to that guy, Richard LeConte. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. He was everywhere on the field. He had 10 tackles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Monty Rice was another one. He had eight tackles. But, uh, yeah, I mean, South Carolina just had no answers for Georgia, um, especially after halftime. They just had no answers. That team is still light years away from getting to where they really want to be. They're, they they still got a lot of improving to do. Uh, Jake Bentley, I don't know what it is with him in the big mm-hmm. games, but uh, and also, Jake Bentley. I also, know. shout out to uh, Brian Edwards. He had seven receptions, uh, 111 yards. Yeah, he, he, yeah, Brian Edwards for the game because he, he had a pretty up. good he game. He, yeah, he stepped up and he had two touchdowns right. as well. So, I mean, not all was bad for South Carolina, but I mean, they have to improve a lot on, you know, the little things to get them because sometimes the little things and the little adjustments is what makes mm. the game. Um, it's the little things. And I think with South Carolina, they even might have played a little mind trick on themselves. And I think they might have believed the hype. Oh, yeah, we can hang in the game with Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, they've been hearing that all summer. We've been hearing that all summer. All right. All right. You know, so I think they even kind of fed into the hype. And I think that's going to be a problem for Muschamp for them not to believe in all this hype. But, I mean, they're super talented. They have skilled players there that can make plays. It's just Georgia's just – they're just better than them. I mean, that's really – just what it is with them. They're just better. And one thing them. I want to add, I think that really messed South Carolina up is that you can't live and die through Debo Samuel. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. him being taken yeah. out of the game, come on, man, only 17 points to 41. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like, that's, yeah. that, that ain't going to And then that touchdown in the fourth quarter was kind of like a crap show. Yeah. Like, Georgia had basically put their backups in at that point. So really, if you really want to be honest, they really lost forty-one to, to ten. Honestly, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. So I mean, that was to me that was just you know I I don't know with South Carolina. I think with them, they have to learn to not believe in the hype. And Jake Bentley in those big games just has to learn how to play. Because I've seen Jake Bentley in big games, and I've seen him in games where they're playing somebody like Florida or somebody like like not that great, and he plays a a crap load different and a crap load better. Um, and it's just definitely, I just, you know, it's kind of sad to see because I thought that was going to be a better game. I really did. I, and I'm like, I said, I'm not the biggest South Carolina Gamecock fans as y'all know, but I thought that was going to be a better game than what we've seen. Um, and it just wasn't it, you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that's really it with that. Um, but I also want to jump into the other USC um, on the other side of the coast in Southern Cal and Stanford. Um, they took, you know, they took the field at eight o'clock on um, Saturday night uh, here Eastern Time at mm-hmm. least. And you know, Stanford, you know, was at home. You know, Bryce Love had came off a down game, but I'm telling oh, you, he, now, he looked back to his rig- he looked back to normal this week. Twenty two carries, one hundred and thirty six yards, and a touchdown. He busted up in a fifty nine yard run at one point. Um, the game, the score was only 17 to three. It was kind of a defensive battle. JT Daniels as a freshman still struggled. Um, he's still getting used to things and you can just tell he's a true yeah. freshman. You can just tell it. 215 yards, no touchdown and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a horrible QBR of, you know, 20.3. He was horrible. Um, and then KJ Castillo, um, he went 16 for 27, 183 yards and one touchdown. So he, you know, he did all yeah. right. But um, I wanted to get your take because I know you were big on this game last week and we talked about it a little bit. How did you feel about this well, game? Well, I definitely did have uh, USC win this game, like I said last week. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean, JT Daniels, you know, the freshman just showed in him. I mean, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, Stanford, you know, that's, that's uh, I think they're ranked 10, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, they, yep. so they're, they're, they're a tough team, man. Seeing you know that mm-hmm. test, that first tough test, because I mean, come on, you UNLV last week, but right, you know, as far as, and they struggled with them at first. Right. So I think this was a big test for uh, JT Daniels, and I feel like he'll 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 get it together. You know, he stopped. You know, like I can say he looked like a freshman, and I think 
he'll just get better with the big games because I mean they got Texas next week, and I believe they uh, they really gonna have a night another good game if Arizona State is you know the real deal this year. Yeah, so, and also yeah, they got, looked pretty good on Saturday. Right, night. and I also got uh, Notre Dame as well. So I think uh, like I said, it was just you know it was just a triumph for uh, JT JT Daniels, but you know two interceptions, no TDs, you know they ain't gonna get it done. But Bryce right. Love. Hey man, North Carolina's own, my man. Another one. Back. I'm telling you, North Carolina is low key running back right. central. I mean, if you think about all the good running backs that came out of the state of North Carolina, you have Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Hood. I mean, I'm just naming off a few that are, you know, kind of doing pretty all right for themselves now. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there there's been a tremendous amount of talent coming out of North Carolina, especially running back wise. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like with USC, like you just said, growth. The main thing is they're just super young right now. Um, they definitely just they just need to grow, you know. Um, Tyler Vaughn, he had a pretty good game. He had seven receptions, eighty-four yards. They hooked up a little bit. Um, Amon Ra uh, St. Brown, that's the other mm-hmm. freshman that was a big-time player, and everybody was talking about him. Now he struggled this game. He looked like a true freshman too, as well. He only had two receptions and 39 yards. Um, they just, like I said, I think with, with USC, they're just super young, man. I think that's their biggest problem. And you could tell that Stanford, they had been there before. Uh, they have the talent. Even though Castillo, Castillo, this is his first year actually being a starter, but he's been around the program for a while. I mean, this guy literally, JT Daniels just went to his prom last May. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So he's literally fresh off. You know what I'm saying? So I think – that's also going to make a difference. I do think that USC, like you said, they have plenty of opportunities to get it turned around. They play Texas next. They're obviously going to play Notre Dame. UCLA is another team that's not looking too hot right now. But um, he, he has plenty of time to get it right, Um, just plenty of time to get things together. And I think with them it's just mostly growth that's going to have to help them get better. Well, you know, Tony, that's something I just was just thinking about as far as uh, all these freshmen. And, you know, you think about JT Daniels and you think about Clemson with the uh, uh, Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, with um, Fields and uh, who, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, there's so many places with like these freshmen superstar most talents teams, now. It's so crazy. Emory Jones out in Florida. I mean, it's a ton of But most of these teams have actually played a tough opponent this week. So mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah. okay. We really see what's going on here. What's going and, on, um, right? As far as like uh, you know, back with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant, I think now that now that we they play the actual good opponent, now the real comes out and we see that you know Kelly Bryant. Okay, now he we need to get the veteran in here. You know what I mean? Right, right, correct. I and same thing. I, I completely. Yeah, right, right, and then, and same thing with the uh, Georgia. I think um, feels like through like one pass and. Yeah, he went through but a pass. I think just yep. in those moments when you're playing somebody, a great opponent, you know, we, we, we saw the we saw the real. You know, we need to get the better in Right, there. exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. I, I completely agree, man. I definitely think that when you're playing those teams that are super talented, super – I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but sometimes experience right. is just the key. It's just the key. Right. I mean, just like anything else, sometimes you just have to experience stuff to see what's really going on. And I think that's the difference between, you know, in these situations like Kelly Bryan and, and Trevor Lawrence and Jake Fromm and Fields. I mean, sometimes the experience is the key. Jake Fromm just had his team in the national championship right. last year and probably should have won. Um, Kelly Bryan just had his team in the playoffs last year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of this time, I think experience is – Super, super important. Right. And speaking of quarterbacks, I want to get into this next topic of a guy that pretty much got all eyes on him now. This man, Dwayne Haskins. Woo! State, oh. The next great Ohio State quarterback. Man. I don't know. How they do it. I think Ohio State might have a one with him. I don't know man. how they do it. They just reload every year, man. I'm telling you, man. Dwayne Haskins is. I, that guy, I, and I know it's just against Ruggers. Yeah. He's going to get his real test this week. Now, if he shows off this week, and I actually, you know, and me and Jarrell were talking earlier, and I talked, I told him about, I, I got to talk about this Dwayne Haskins kid. I mean, he is balling out of his mind right now. 
I mean, this guy, I mean, like I said, I know it's just Ruggers and, you know, um, Oregon State. I think they played last mm-hmm. week. But this guy has been on fire. He's a true sophomore. Um, this guy is a beast, man. Um, this year already, he has nine touchdowns, one interception. Right. Nine touchdowns, Crazy. one interception already. Already has 546 yards after two games. I mean, his completion percentage last week against Ruggers was an 87%. I mean, this guy is off the Crazy, chain. Man. Like, this guy is literally, I don't, like I said, I know it's Ruggers. I know it's Oregon State. I, he's going to get his real test. But, you know, obviously. but you know, I, I, I get it. It's Oregon State and it's Ruggers, but they still They're still five. teams. They're still, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, They're still power like five. FCS exactly. team, you know what I mean? So. Right. He still got to get some credit. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I mean, he's put up. I mean, right now, Ohio State is averaging 60 something points. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, they put up 77 against Oregon State and then 52 on Saturday against Ruggers. Uh, now, obviously, they're playing a great TCU team this weekend. And like I said, that'll really tell what he is. If he shows out on TCU, one of the best defenses in the country, I mean, we're going to start putting this guy up here with two yet. Because, I mean, I think this guy could be – the. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care. This is his first time really, really starting. And in his first two games, he's went 22 for 30. And in the next game, 20 for 23. That's ridiculous. For somebody that hasn't even touched – I don't care if you're playing against a high school team. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Right. That That's pretty – you know, that's that's pretty good, and- man. I don't care who you are. That That's – I mean, like I said, man, this guy, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, he's a guy that people are going to have to continue to look out for. He's super talented. He has the size. He's six foot three, 220 pounds, nice size quarterback. Um, I mean, I'm impressed, man. What do you think about him? Hey, hey, like I said, Ohio State got another one. They got another one. one. I mean, this guy is like talented. And then that's the thing, though, like, he got in a few games last right. year. This was his stats last year. Just listen to this. And he only got in like one or two games. He went 40 for 57, 565 yards. He had a 70 completion rating, and he had four touchdowns and one mm-hmm. interception. And his QBR was a freaking 91 point. And, like and he only played in like one or two games last year. But that just showed you that this guy has a sample size. He's used to being in those, you know, he's used to being out there. So I think that definitely kind of makes a difference as well. And like you said, uh, they play TCU. I'm really excited to watch that game. No, yeah, I'm excited and, to see I that mean, game. I, my, my guy, Sean Robinson, you know, that's going to be a shootout. But as far as Dwayne Haskins, yeah. man, like I said, uh, again, you know, they did, you know, they play two good opponents these last two weeks, but – once we see what he does against TCU, then I think, you know, more attention will get, you know, get to him. Because it still seems like, uh, you know, it's all on the other quarterbacks, like, uh, you know, Colin Murray, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Tuye. So. And now Kelly Mond. Yeah, right Kelly Mond. Yeah, yeah. So he deserves it. I'm ready to see him, you know, to play in big games to see what he does, you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like he, uh, yeah. you know, he, he can get some Heisman considerations, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. If he keeps this up at this point, he's definitely like, – I, I actually talked about that on my Instagram page today, How, just how raw and talented he's been. And it's so crazy to see because this guy is somebody – because I know a lot of people is just hyping up uh, – what's the guy's name? Tate Martell, yeah. which he's good too. He balled out on Saturday too as well. But, I mean, this Dwayne Haskin guy, I mean, I see why they started him. I mean, this guy is a beast. I mean, complete beast. I mean, he's only a sophomore, so Ohio State at least gets him for another season. Um, yeah, this guy's good, man. I mean, I, like I said, I will really be able to tell this weekend. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this game this weekend is like 55, 52. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be a bit surprised at all. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to. We're going to see. And what's up, you guys? We are back again, man. And I just wanted to get into this next thing that we want to talk about. And we want to talk about something that's important. And I think it's Larry Fedora in the Carolina Tar Heels. Um, you know, and we got, you know, if you watched the podcast last week, obviously, you seen that I, me and Jarrell were both very critical 
of East Carolina and how they lost to A&T. Now we're, we got to be critical to North Carolina and Fedora. Um, you know, this weekend, obviously, an in-state rival with East Carolina and the North Carolina Tar Heels took place in Greenville down in Downey Ficklin. And the East Carolina Pirates went on and literally blew out the North Carolina Tar Heels 41 to 19. Um, you know, I, I really don't really want to talk too much about the game. I really just kind of want to jump in on Fedora and the lack of competitiveness, I can I guess I could say, uh, that North Carolina has had in this program for really the last two years. Um Last year, there was a lot of excuses of, oh, everybody's injured. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody was hurt, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, this is not a good good football team. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. This is not a good football team. Carolina has had good years, um, especially like we talked about in 2015, where they made it to the ACC, ugh, excuse me, to the ACC championship game. And, uh, you know, found themselves almost beating Clemson. Um, They're just so far away from that right now. Um, It's kind of disgusting to see what UNC's football program, I know they get a lot of slack for being, quote, unquote, a basketball school, but they have had pretty good, decent, you know, football seasons, especially back with Mr. Trubisky, Marquise Williams, uh, Elijah Hood, TJ Logan. Back in those days, I mean, they had pretty good teams. Um, and that was just a few, like three or four years ago. That wasn't even a long time ago. Right. Um, and it's just kind of nasty to see what they became. Um, and Larry Fedora, that's who I really want to talk about more than anything. I mean, at this point, I'm just wondering, is he on the hot seat? And uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I, the one thing I will give Carolina Slack on for this year is that, you know, they got like 12 guys suspended. Suspended, right. Including, including, star, and, including the starting quarterback, Chad Exactly. Surratt. So it's like, are they missing Chad Surratt like that? But right. for Dor, I, I hot seat, I don't know yet because, you know, he came in 2012, went 8 and 4, mm-hmm. you know, next season, 7 6, after that, 6 7, and then they went to the 11 uh, 3 season. Right. Championship lost the uh, the uh, bowl game they played in. I think it was uh, mm-hmm. against Baylor, mm-hmm. and you know they went eight and five after that. Then last year three and nine, and they're starting on zero and two. And for Dor at Carolina, that man is one and three in bowl games. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty bad. So it, it feels like because I was on the hype too when he had came. I said, okay, maybe uh, there's gonna be some changes with Carolina when he came in 2012. You know what I mean? So. It was like, I don't want to say that he's underachieving at Carolina, but kind of feel like that. I feel it like, feels like it. It feels like, like it, bro. I feel like I expected more, mm-hmm. especially after that 11 3 season when he, uh, you know, they had Marquise Williams at QB, went to ACC Championship, went to the bowl game and lost, but I thought it was only, you know, only up at that point. Right. Like, I mean, 3 and 9. Come on, man! You starting starting off the season zero and two. It's like, and I mean, they I'm got not, blew out I, by I, Cal last week too, and Cal's not yeah, so much yeah. of an impressive team either. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I just have to see how the rest of the season goes before mm-hmm. we can uh, say hot seat. Because I mean, right. like I said, uh, it's just twelve guys suspended. Like, come on, man! Like that, you know, they ain't going, they ain't, they ain't going to work, but. Right. I can't. I can't put them on a hot seat yet. I just got to see how the rest of the season go, especially how the ACC is looking right now. They may pull a decent record. You know, another. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll do as bad. As three nine. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I don't know. It's hard. It's it's just so hard. It's hard to, hard to tell. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. And not, another thing too is that it's just. Like I said, I was just so into the hype. You know, they got the jump. You know, they had when they got the Jumpman jerseys. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan, the whole ceiling roof thing. It it kind of felt like he's just underachieving right now. Yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, it definitely feels like that. I mean, even in recruiting, wise, Dave Dorn is kicking his butt right now. <laughs> man, is in the state of North Carolina. Dave Dorn is kicking his butt right now. Because I mean, there's no, there's no. I, I did feel like. UNC did have that chance to become, I don't like that 
that top team in North Carolina, that power. Yeah, they do. No, they they definitely did, especially in that window from like 2013 to like 2016. Right. They definitely had a window to be, I mean, one of one of the good programs, not even just in North Carolina, but in the Southeast. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a real good program at that point when they had Marquise Williams and even Mitch Trubisky. Um, it's just kind of sad to see what they've came to right now. Me personally, I'm going to be honest with you, I and I'm not a Tar Heels fan, but I feel like he's on the hot seat. And um, I know they're a basketball school, and I know he just mm-hmm. got paid an extension like last year. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't really too much believe in Fedora like that, especially after what – I, I kind of understand last year because they did have a crap load of injuries. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, as far as this year, because from what I was hearing, this is just my inside source with that program, he was going to start Nathan Elliott at quarterback anyway. Uh, uh, Tasserot didn't get – yeah. So, that – and Elliott is not a good quarterback whatsoever. Um. I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. With Carolina, it does seem like they've been very disappointing. And this week is not going to get any easier for them as, you know, uh, Mackenzie Milton and UCF come to town. It's not going to get any easier for them this week. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing to see what they became. Um, it just, yeah, it's, it's really kind of like you say. I think you hit it on the nail. It's disappointing. Oh, man. It's just. Like I said, I mean, I ain't, I don't want to throw them in a hot seat just yet. Right. But they do got UCF. And speaking of UCF and Florida in general. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a perfect quick. segue. <laughs> and I, I just want to touch on UCF is looking great. They but are. That's the, the, the Florida powerhouses, it's, it's not looking good right now. Right. You got Florida State struggling. You got Florida just got upset about Kentucky. 31 years. Correctly, Kentucky was giving them trouble last year. Mm-hmm. So, and then on top of that, you got Miami. You know, Miami's kind of iffy right now. I mean, they threw 77 on Savannah State, but come on, man. It's Savannah, it's Savannah State. State, right, right. You know what they did what they were so supposed to do. It, it, it looked like the power is shifting a little bit mm-hmm. as far as uh, Florida. That yeah, that yeah. I'm glad when you brought that up to me earlier today. I said, "Well, that's that's actually a good point." And you know, last week we talked about who was the best team in in North Carolina, and I think mm-hmm. with this situation right here, it's kind of similar. Where it's a team that most people outside of this state wouldn't expect. I think right. if you would have told me three or four years ago, or even two years ago, when UCF had just went zero and twelve, if you would have right. told me UCF right. was the best program in Florida. I would have laughed in your face. I was going to be the best program in Florida. I would have laughed at you. I mean, Florida State, let's talk about them a little bit. What I seen on Saturday night was not pretty. Um, And I talked about this last week with you where I said either Florida State can do two things, you know, pack it up because they don't believe in Taggart or, or, you know, fight and get back in the hunt. I'm not going to lie to you. On Saturday, it looked like they had already packed it up. I mean, they looked (laughs) – Bad. I mean, they literally escaped. I mean, the score was uh, 20. You know, the score was 20. Uh, no, it was 36. 36 to 26. Yeah. I mean, they had to escape up out of their own house with a win against Sanford. Not Sanford, but Sanford. Um, and, 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 and the thing that really threw me at one point, I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I'm even going to be a Florida State fan anymore. Right. I know that sounds extreme, but it, it, it just got <laughs> to that point. I know. And I understand. The quarterback for Sanford had 470 yards. That is ridiculous. You can say what you want. 475 <laughs> is 475. That's crazy. He threw, he threw four interceptions, mm. but 475 is 475. That's ridiculous. Long passes out the gate. Oh, my. God. I mean, and that secondary, and that's what Florida State is known for. Yeah. It's like secondary, and they, I mean, they play Syracuse this week, and I'm picking Syracuse at this point. Oh. I mean, they look a mess. And that game is at Syracuse, too. That's a tricky place to play. I'm taking Syracuse over Florida State right now because I'm just going to be honest with you. Right now, Florida State, they look like one of the worst teams in the ACC. I'm serious. I mean, they yeah. look bad. Um, and I know, you know, I know it's got a lot to do with new coach, new philosophy, new everything. I understand uh, that. And the transition uh, period is rough. But come on, struggling with Sanford—that's just uh, that's a little bit crazy. 
Yeah, you can, it, the fighting fighting to get out of to beat Sanford is not going to get now. Sanford, mm-hmm. I give Sanford a little bit of credit. They went eight and four last year, mm-hmm. but Florida State though. Florida State, you ain't supposed to be in no game with no Sanford, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and you just think about going forward. It's like, where do you go from here? Like, mm-hmm. and, and and let me add too, Sanford had a receiver, Kevin McKnight, fourteen receptions, two hundred fifteen yards. Yeah, he was balling. He was balling. Oh, man, that's that's not going to get it. No. Mm-mm. I mean, the thing about Florida State is what's even more sad for Florida State is their schedule does not get any easier for them. And that's right. just me being completely honest. Like, this schedule is going to get rough at Syracuse. NIU, they should win that game. Louisville, duh. That's another team that looks like they're having a down year without Lamar Jackson. And then this little rip right here is when things get tough for them. Miami at Miami. Then you have a sneakily good Wake Forest team. Then you got to play Clemson. Then you have to play noted, uh, NC State, which is a crap load of wide receivers and Kelvin Harmon and Ryan Finley throwing that rock. And then you have at Notre Dame. And then you have Boston College, who is sneakily good right now. And then you end off the season with Florida. I'm going to be honest. Oh, if Florida State continues to play how I think they may play, like if they come out there playing like how they played against Sanford, I mean, we're looking at like a three and nine season. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, it's looking rough for those guys right now. I mean, I'm, like I said, I hope they can get it together, you know, but right now, man, Willie Taggart got to bring those guys together and tell them get right because right now it's just not looking too good for them. And and the thing is as though, you know, you just think, as a Florida State fan, you just think, how did he get like this? How? Exactly, yeah. And How and, did he get and, like this? And watching that Texas A&M game, man, I was like, man, this guy Jimbo Fisher, mm-hmm. boy, how I miss him, but I want to give Taggart a chance, but it's not like he got some slack recruits on his team. Yeah, it's He's not like he doesn't have a talent because it's there. You know what I'm saying? This, this, is, this is still top ESPN 300 kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. It's like I can't, I can't, I can't give him a pass for that as far as new coaching coming coming in because the main thing with new coaching is, yeah, you got to get everybody you know adjusted to the system. And I know, and then recruiting is a big thing because now he has guys that he did not recruit, right? So he don't know these guys, but still, you know, you still got top ten guys. Guys, yeah, you shouldn't be struggling with no Sanford. And I mean, Sanford had them guys on the ropes. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the game, it was thirteen to nothing for a while. All I'm saying is. 475 yards passing is 470 yards passing. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's just ridiculous. That I know y'all good. are down there struggling in Tallahassee, but, man, it, it don't got to come to that. 475 <laughs> yards allowed passing. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that is completely ridiculous and something, you know, just needs to be done with that. You know, I think, with like I said, and, I, and you made a good point. I mean, you can't even really make the excuse of new coach because look at what Jimbo is doing. Jimbo – has brought so much excitement to Texas A&M. They were literally just plays away from beating the number two team in the country. I mean, in the second week of coaching. like, like I, and, and I honestly would say Florida State's recruits are better than Texas A&M recruits. Right. And speaking so, of new coaching at that. Exactly. I so, I mean, to, I completely understand where you're coming from on that one. I need to touch on Kevin Sumlin and the Arizona Wildcats because – That's another one. Woo! They got blown out the – Houston got them boys out the field. Got I mean, Houston jumped up on twenty-one to nothing before they even came out the gates. First I mean, quarter. it was bad. Khalil Tate, we we really really didn't see the real Khalil Tate because I, I, every time I seen Khalil Tate on ESPN last year, that man was running. Mm-hmm. He won't. That won't it. But yeah. I got I got to give Houston credit because them boys was balling, man. Like, Houston was not playing. You can obviously tell that they had came to play. Um, Houston looked pretty good. I was really impressed with what they did. They really came out um, and just made noise. I mean, they didn't they didn't take their foot off the gas the whole game. I mean, they really just put their foot down and just drove, drove, drove. I mean, they beat Arizona forty five to eighteen. Um, Khalil Tate completely struggled. He went twenty four for forty five, 
341 mm-hmm. yards passing, but two interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't look that great. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was low-key disappointed in the way he played. Um, but Kevin Sumlin, um, I'm a little bit concerned with, with what Arizona is doing. And like I said, I know it's still super early. Um, but I'm a little concerned about Kevin Sumlin. And- well, you know, the thing is with him, people kind of say, you know, with Menzel, he had a gift. Like, Menzel mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, uh, drove him to get those wins. You know what I'm saying? Right. So people were kind of already iffy on someone. And actually, I lived in uh, Tucson, Arizona for a couple of months where University of Arizona is at. And the people there, they were kind of kind of iffy as well. You know what I mean? On him, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I understood the hire at first. I get it. Arizona needs a little bit of light, you know, a little bit of excitement. I think Kevin Sumner was a buzzing name, even though he did struggle his later days at Texas A&M. That was still a good name to have as a coach, Kevin Sumner. Mm-hmm. So I think that was pretty impressive to have him, you know, as as your coach. It sounds good because you think about the Johnny Manziel years. You think about the years. Right. You know, they were playing good. You think about those times. So I think, you know, that was one thing that did kind of attract him to Arizona. But, I mean, obviously right now it doesn't seem like he's too much living up to that hype. And it's kind of sad to see that Houston, I mean, Houston just completely demolished them. I mean, they were really just getting down and dirty. And like I said, before they even came out, I mean, it was already a blowout. Like, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, and I definitely – I am a believer in Ed Oliver. That man. Yeah, Ed Oliver's a beast. I mean, last week he had beast. 13 tackles. This week he only had five, but, I mean, his teammates stepped up, so everybody else was getting right. He, he was causing pressure, man. Like, he didn't get yeah. the tackles like he like he wanted to see him, but he, he, he was causing – he was in that backfield. Yeah, he was. No, I, I completely agree. He was definitely in the backfield making noise. And, you know, like I said, with, with the whole Arizona situation – I I just think I know it's gonna I know I done said this fifty times, but it's gonna take time to adjust to what someone wants to do. Um, obviously it's different from what you know Arizona's previous coach wants to do. But when you have a talent like Khalil Tate, you have to utilize. That. Yeah, you got and to. it's just kind of sad to see he's not really utilizing that. And that's my biggest problem with the whole thing is that he's not utilizing, you know, his talent. But I do want to talk about you know kind of the segue into one of our last segments. Um, I want to talk about the games that I'm looking out for, and then we'll talk about some of the players like we did last week, some of the players that we really liked and what we, you know, we like what we've seen with them. But I think the main game that everybody's going to be kind of keeping an eye on this weekend um, would be the TCU-Ohio State game. I mean, I think everybody's going to kind of be watching out for that game. Uh, like I said, that's a game I can see doing 50-something, 52 to 50. Like, I can see that being that type of game. How do you feel about that game? Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm definitely ready to watch that because it's gonna be a good game, man. Wayne Haskins versus Sean Robinson. Come on, man. It's it's gonna be good. Like it's going to be it's good. going yeah, it's gotta be a shootout. It's no way that that game is not gonna live up to its hype. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a shootout. It's gonna be a bomb burner. And I think that's gonna be really a game where you can see what Dwayne Haskins really is. You can see what Sean Robinson really is. I think that's going to be a game to really watch out for. And then it's another good game that I felt like could have been just as good is the LSU mm-hmm. um, Tigers taking their ta- talents to Auburn, Alabama at 3.30 on um, Saturday. I think that's another game that you're going to have to watch out for um, and just really see, you know, where does where does LSU stand? Because they really haven't gotten tested. But that Miami game, I mean, we're, I don't know. The jury's still out on Miami with me personally. But <laughs> LS, uh, Auburn, I've seen them beat a pretty good Washington team. So I think this is going to be a, a, a good game to see. What do you think about it? Uh, first, let me um, let me go back to the uh, – sorry about that. <laughs> you good, you good. Well, first, well, let me, let me, let me uh, talk about LSU. Yeah, LSU-Auburn game, I am excited to see that, especially since uh, – LSU beating Miami and Auburn beating – I forgot who they played. Auburn played Washington in Atlanta. Gotcha. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you could. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that. I want to see if uh, – really, if both teams are for real this year. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I mean, I think we've seen a good sample size from Auburn. 
Um, I, I think Washington is going to be pretty good. But, I mean, it's a Pac-12 team. We know the bias on Pac-12 teams. So I would like to see them face up against a good SEC opponent. And then with LSU, I mean, I'm not really quite sold on Miami. You know, and I know they blow them out, but I'm still yeah. not really sold on Miami. So I do want to see what LSU can do against a good team that I know is pretty decent. Um, and then another game that I have an upset watch on, and you might have to hold right. me back on this one. I already know what you're about to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. What am I about to say? No, nah, no. Nah. I, I feel like you got to bring up this uh, Ole Miss and Bama game. That That's one of them. But this game is a really sneakily good game. And it's West Virginia versus NC State. I think oh, that man. game. Come on. Come on. Uh, I, think, I think that's going to be a good game, man. 330 game at Carter-Finley. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty all right game. I'm definitely going to tune in and at least see what's going on with it. Uh, uh, you really believe in Will Grier, so I know it's kind of tough. Yeah, I think that West Virginia will win. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if NC State sticks around and make it kind of muddy. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another game like kind of how that Texas A&M-Clemson game was. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it was something like that. So, I, I'm just telling you. But Ole Miss-Alabama, that's another one I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on as well. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Ole Miss did look kind of bad this weekend against, you know uh, – who did they play this week? I think Southeast Monroe or Southeast Louisiana. They look kind of rough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do still want to see. I think oh, that could have been kind of like a trap game for Ole Miss. They might already kind of be looking ahead at Alabama. Okay, we ready to play Bama. And that kind of been might have been why they were playing not so great, if that makes any sense. Um, I think this would be uh, Bama's real, you know, first test. First test, right. Louisville, you know, definitely was not it. Arkansas no. State, no. So I think you know it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a close game, right? And then you know, uh, like I said, I mean, we seen what Ole Miss did against Texas Tech. I really want to see these wideouts against Alabama secondary. Yeah, I think that's going to be how good uh, Jordan uh, Tamu is. Mm -hmm. I I agree. That's that's probably the game. Well. I'm really looking forward to that game. I really am because I really want to see Bama get tested early in the season. Yeah, I do too. I agree. I agree. I think this will be the first game that they actually have to work to win. Um, and then I, I wanted you to start off with naming some of the players that you liked this week that you've seen that were very impressive and that you think we're going to have to keep an eye out for them. Definitely, of course, you know, my man Colin Murray. And I told y'all that man, Kellen Mond. <laughs> Kellen Mond, yeah. The truth. I can't, listen, man, I told y'all. Last week, Kellen Mond. That yeah, you called Ooh. it. You called it last week. Whoo! And um, I really want to uh, point out again. You know, we mentioned Dwayne Haskins, and I want to point out uh, where my list go. But anyway, man, like those are really people that I, I really um just really, really want to look out for. Every week, I mean, those yeah. guys, you can't tell me they're not, they, they can't be put in the running for Heisman. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Uh, you named some of mine, like Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Haskins, definitely one of the guys I want to look out for, as well as, you know, just other guys such as, um, not Dwayne Haskins, I was about to say Dwayne Haskins again, <laughs> but another quarterback that I want to look at as well is Kellen Mond. He was a beast this week. He really handled things. And then another quarterback that you actually mentioned to me last week is uh, Deshaun Roberts, Robertson from TCU. Yeah, Deshaun um, Roberts. Yeah, he's yeah, another yeah. one that I really want to see and see what he's going to do against this highly talented, you know, Ohio State defense. So I'm really excited to see those couple guys play this week. Um, you know, I want to see can Kelly, Kellen Mond get, you know, his mind back right and, you know, play tough, play good football, you know, not worry about what happened last week. Don't, you know, stay on the accolades, just try to get better. Um, so I do want to see that as well. Um, like I said, I want to see what Sean Robertson is going to do against a very talented Ohio State defense. Um, so I definitely do want to see what they're going to do, and I'm definitely excited to get to the weekend and see some of these games, man. And one last player is uh, – I want to say – I hope I pronounce it right. Is a uh, Bousset from LSU? Oh yeah, Bousset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at Auburn defense. He had another 100 yard game last week. Right. Yeah. So, so he's another one that people need to start keeping putting their eyes on this guy because this guy's good. 
another 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 great LSU running back. Running back, exactly. Yeah. So that will end up our podcast for today, man. We appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Continue to follow our Instagrams, uh, the All Things College Football Instagram. That would be All Things CFB underscore. And then you can follow my personal Instagram at the AO underscore T Time Nine. And then Jarrell, you can give me your handle. Yeah, it's uh, Instagram Jarrell NC. Twitter, Rel uh, 910. Oh, excuse me, Rel Wheeler, excuse me. Yeah, so same, same Instagram for me on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, same at name and everything. So you guys can follow us over there, man. We just want to say you guys enjoy the week. Get ready for some of these games, and we are out, man. We out of here.